Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Walk On Podcast. My name is John Fairbanks. I am your host. And today is our episode three of our Netflix series, The Untold Swamp Kings docuseries. We're doing a companion episode that goes along with episode three. So this takes us through 2007 to 2008. And tonight I am joined by a former Gator walk-on player that we played together named Roderick Blackett. And so it's awesome having you here, Black. Uh, share a little bit about yourself so we get to know you before we get started into the episode. Thanks, um, John. I'm Rob Blackett. Played with the Florida Gators from the 2005 throughout the 2008 season. Two-time national champ, two-time SEC champ. Um, contributed a lot on special teams um, with Florida during my time there. Um, from Fort Lauderdale, Florida, reside right now in Riverview, Florida. Two beautiful daughters and a wife. Um, thanks for having me, and I look forward to whatever we're going to talk about. And I have Man. my bourbon, by the way, so good. And, I, and, I, and, and I've got I've got broken skull with me, so I think we're going to be all right throughout this whole episode. Okay. Um, one of my favorite things, like so, so I come in, I'm young, right? In 06, I come in, and um, the walk-ons for the most part have to, you know, you all stick together, especially as like a class of walk-ons when you first come in. When you when you brand it, you you don't know anybody else. So at this point, you've all been tortured together in a hallway. You've had to like earn your way to get into the weight room. And I remember finally getting into the weight room, and I see you was it Mo Paul, yes, Bo, yes. And I was like, sweet Jesus, those are walk ons. <laughs> like I just remember, it was like you guys had you were so goddamn strong. And this is before I got to see you guys like smash on the field and just the reputation that you and DeVoe had when we would circle it up. I remember just being like, oh my God, like this is the most intense shit that I've ever seen. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, at this stage, I mean, you come in and you're walking you wasn't highly recruited. You know, I'm not the fastest guy in the world. You know, I thought I was pretty fast. I'm not the tallest <laughs> guy. My, my 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 arms aren't that long, you know. Um, <laughs> so the best thing that I think I can outdo, and DeVoe felt the same way, is out hit people, you know, yeah. um, have more heart than people. And I think as a walk-on, you know, to earn your respect, and you, you hit it on the head, you have to earn your respect. Um, and those that did not earn their respect, they never, you know, um, really, really contributed the way they would like to. Um, but But we were all in, you know, not only fighting it in in the classroom, is is fighting it on the field and earning your respect and, and hitting people and doing what you do best, whatever that is, do it best. If you're the fastest walk on, be the fastest walk on. If you want want to shake and juke, do what you have to do. My strength is is hitting people. I felt that um and Devoe felt the same way. Is that um we don't blink when we hit. Yeah, we are going to bend your face mask, and that's what we're gonna do. You're gonna like it or not, and that um that got. Me to where I was, and I think I think Urban Meyer liked it a little bit. It oh. sounds like you did too. I mean, it, it brought it brought some juice. Fucking everybody loved it, man. <laughs> and it was it was good for me too because I wasn't fast. You know, I wasn't fast enough to play D line. I wasn't big enough or strong enough. Even and this is for those of you that know me in real life that are regular civilians, right? I'm oftentimes the biggest person in the room. Yeah. And it, and and regular humans, you have to understand. For me, at six five playing between 250 to 315 pounds, I was the smallest guy out of all the linemen friends that I had that were on the team. So it's hard to fathom that. Right. And so just like you said, it's like, it was really good for me as a young age at 18 years old 
to see dudes like you that were do, like showing like it's this is how you do it. Yeah, and you didn't we never had the conversation. You know what I mean? I was like, you, DeVoe, those, you guys, I never talked to you about this. Yeah. But being a young dude coming in and being like, how do I earn my, how do I get that black stripe, that yeah. fucking piece of electrical tape off my helmet? Yeah, right? I remember. Right? Yeah. Like, how do yeah. I get that off? And it was like, oh, I, I'm not going to beat Mon and Chevy in a foot race the way yeah. Sunshine was able to. No. I'm not going to be able to, you know, I'm, I'm not going to be stronger than everybody else. I'm not just going to just like freakishly throw people the way spikes. I mean, spikes was able to just like, just toss <laughs> offensive <laughs> linemen, right? Like I remember like, that. Yes. And, but I, I knew I was going to do that, but I knew I could smack. Like, it's like, Oh, I, I can, I can, I can not blink. And I, and I, and I, and I remember you diversifying yourself too. And you start doing long snapping for sure. You know, do what you have to do to earn that respect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's what it was. Yeah. And so that was awesome. And I, we've never talked about this. We, I, I've never told you that before, but I figured this was a perfect Thank time you. because it was, it was, it was really, really good. And so we come in. So we're, we're, we're fast forwarded into this episode. We're immediately kind of in 07 and we start talking about the recruiting class, that class of 07 that comes in. And it was so fun. So oh, this has been the overarching um, theme the thing that I loved about the series itself is that it's, it helps me realize that one, I have really bad brain injury and I can't remember shit anymore. Okay. And two, right. The series itself was great because all these memories did start coming back of stuff. We are like, Oh my gosh, I forgot. And so you get to see these guys again, right. Right. When they came in. And so it's, it's the pouncy boys. It's major. It's a mod. It's Joe Hayden. It is rainy and Hernandez and cam like this. Oh, seven class was just, it was crazy. These dudes coming in. And for the first time, not the first time, because I think Carl and maybe Tebow did it where they graduated high school earlier, whatever, and came in. Yes. But there was a lot of dudes that just showed up in January. Showed up, and I remember them showing up in um in spring practice. Yeah, sorry, not spring practice, but the but the spring workouts. Right. You know, this is January, February time frame, and Hernandez come in, and he didn't have any tattoos one day, and the next day he's covered <laughs> in tattoos that wasn't um colored in yet. I mean, those guys came in. Joe Hayden, I, I recall, and they they came in to work, man. They came in um, to work. Those guys, um, I saw 06 come in, and 06 came in as a great band. That 017 came in closer than 06 and complemented each other well. 06 and 07 coming in, they complemented each other big time. Who was the dude that got recruited? It was it would be brutal to be told this all the time, and I can't remember exactly who it was. I have have a hunch, so I'll, I'll let you tell me. It's was just told you were just recruited because in order for us to get the pounces, they said you had to come. I think, I think that was John Brown. Was that John, was that John I think, Brown? I think, that, I think that was John Brown, but, 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 um, because John Brown came in with, with Pouncey and with, uh, with Paul and, 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 um, I can't think of, uh, I'm was, having a brain for it here. What about Ahmad? Where was Ahmad? Ahmad, Ahmad, was there, but I don't remember them, 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 um, Riding his ass like that? No, no, I don't. He he recalled it and he had some interactions, but yeah, um, I remember was... John Brown was very strong. Man. Jeez, please, he, he was, was that poor bastard couldn't read though. Yeah, really, like, that was because I, I, I was in OSL. 
like I was still like a red lighted OSL guy and yeah. John was there. And I remember poor John working on some stuff that was his homework. That was like really rudimentary, like really? English type stuff. And I remember being like, Oh man, like this poor bastard. Really? And that's why he ended up dropping. Like, like he, I don't think he ever was able to keep the grades. Like John really? just wasn't able to fly. And it sucked because he it was it was like it was it was it for me it reminded me of like a mini Joe Cohen, really like a little yeah. miniature Joe Cohen had come in and I'm like oh okay like this dude's gonna get strong, strong yeah. guy just gonna clog yeah. up the middle but exactly. yeah I hope he's doing well man I haven't seen him or heard of, heard of him in a while I hope he's no doing well. no Live for sure there. and um so let's I want to talk about the pounds he's right out the gate they weren't talked about like at all and what was crazy when they bring up Rainey's story. With Rainey's story is Rainey and the Pounceys are like they're very much intertwined. Like I felt like the stories were that like Rainey lived with them. Like so, I, I, I think so too. From, from what what I've heard, I, I think so too. Um, they didn't. They were an integral part. Yeah. Of transforming the 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 oh eight oh nine to that championship mm-hmm. and, and the leadership qualities that that offense had to a lot of folks followed them, but. As you said, they didn't mention the Pouncey twins and give them the respect that I think that was due. Um, for sure, a lot of res- a lot of a lot of respect um, for that for that 017 and the things that we went through um, was was left out. That could have shined light on you know why certain people did certain things. Yeah, and you know? and I can't remember because I, I never was able to tell the difference between Keese or Mike, but it was. No. I remember one of them just was like right out the gate was right was, was starting. I felt like offensive line was starting, and then the other one he didn't. So they moved him like nose tackle. Yeah, I remember one being moved and they were exploring him with on, on defense. Don't remember if they started in 07, though. I felt like one of them did was like immediately was the guard or immediately was was playing. But but either way, the the point of me mentioning the story yeah. was. That was they were they were really like it just was they were there to play. They weren't there to sit. They weren't there to wait. They were there to be contributors right out the gate. And they they had the size. Both had the size to do defense or offense for sure. They they played O line like defensive line. They played D line. And they brought they brought they brought that swag too. Yeah. Oh Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And, And um, there was. The the vibe so in the idea of the realm of like being forgotten or these concepts of of folks that are being forgotten, I didn't like. There was a, a line that Meyer uses in in the episode where he goes like, you know, Tim's the only one living right, and it just as soon as I heard it, it just was like, and again, it's blanket statements are what makes the world go round. Yeah, and but there was like it wasn't just. Like walk on, like there's lots of walk on guys living right. Yeah. Like my God, like I was, I was working really hard, like being a virgin and waiting till I got married to like, like it's and all these things of like, oh, is it true? Like it's all these things of like these qualities that get attributed back to Tim. Yeah. And there was lots of dudes that were making those choices as well that weren't just walk, like you know what I mean? That weren't just walk ons. That weren't just white kids. You know what I'm saying? Like it just was like no. there, there was a lot of players on our team. Yeah. There was a lot of dudes that were all doing the right thing. I, I I really hope that Netflix edited what what Meyer said when he when he said that. I hope he said, you know, something as <laughs> oh, I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah, the right thing, and other folks did it too. 
but they just know. <laughs> but they, but they, yeah, they yeah, 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 I like here that. It is. You have you you have 125 folks on the on, on the team, right? Sure. As you said, you know, you waited to uh, marriage to 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 to, to have sex. Mm-hmm. There's other folks that I know also in my fraternity. There's folks like that. There's folks that was involved with the Christian ministry at the school. There's folks that I know that also that's on campus on campus that was involved with the ministry as well. You know, saying that someone's doing the right thing is very subjective to the person that's judging. Is he doing the right thing because he's benefiting you, his family? you know, or himself, but there was a lot of folks doing the right thing, making great grades, you know, um, doing things that they think morally is right. And, and and even what other folks would think morally is like, but doing, saying he was the only one doing the, doing the right thing. I think um, it's not fair to the other 124 people that, um that bled on that practice field. Now that's real. So, now let's talk about this of being subjective. A little bit, just a little bit later in the episode, Meyer uses a phrase, Brandon James gets popped for buying a little bit of weed. Can we please talk about the fact that the amount of weed that he got in trouble for is the amount of weed that is now legal now? Yeah, yeah, I didn't know. I didn't know. Like, like, like it just, it was, it was not, it was not enough, right? It just wasn't enough. But he gets popped. He's in, he's in jail and he's waiting and just totally, it's so real when he's like all, the only person he could think about was Meyer. Yeah, which that would be yeah. so real, right? It's just like yeah. getting kicked off the team is worse than like going to jail, or it's like it's worse yeah. than not. It was like th- that was the mentality for sure. Yeah. But it was Meyer then goes, Brandon James wasn't a bad guy. Yeah. And that could be a phrase that gets passed over, right? Pretty quick. Like you could just be like, oh, that whatever, and we keep moving. But it's like that phrase is loaded. And when you said yeah. the idea of like it's subject, like it's it's totally the eye of the beholder, yeah. bad guy was code yeah yeah bad guy was coded and I, I, let, let me touch on that and brandon brandon james is a good guy to me he's a good guy that's subjective to me he's a good guy i would agree with um that. meyer had this thing and, and siler touched on it maybe episode two maybe episode one where you know um you have the champions club that 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 ate you know lobster and you have folks that you know ate hot dogs and hamburgers right yep so um meyer always differentiate it between you know your a value proposition if you if you do well if you treat the team right if you treat him right and you you're a good player then you, you're at this bar right mm-hmm. and if you don't you're at this bar right if brandon james or anyone else would have purchased weed and they were not a contributor mm-hmm. the question is would he have said the same thing no and, so no so, black it no he would not so, so that so this goes back on my subjectivity right it's is brandon john james a good guy to him because he was mm. not replaceable and not deplorable <laughs> so yeah. if you're if you're replaceable and you do bad things are you a good guy or a bad guy and so there's plenty of folks on the team through my tenure that did things that you know some might say was less that got a bigger punishment um, sure. or that he didn't want to investigate or look into further or give them the benefit of the doubt. Yeah. And, and, and so, so that good guy, bad guy phrase, I hate it as a coach um, because you are this, you, you are these kids, parents, the, 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 the parents put the kids in your hands so you can protect. 
But that's why Brandon James is looking to me. I would look as, or I'm in trouble, like a kid not wanting to show his parents the report card. I don't want right. to go home. Right. Um, right. So, so right. But, but it's not for the parent to say, hey, this is a bad guy. But the parent yeah. should say, is, how can I do better to teach this guy right for what I want him to see? Don't judge your kids. He's a kid. You can't say, oh, this kid is a bad guy, but he's on your watch. And you, and obviously, the surroundings is not in his best interest. Teach him, coach him, help him. Don't say he's a he's a good guy or a bad guy. I, that and that that comment you said, teach him, coach him, be with him. I I talked about it in um, episode one where I tell my backstory here on the podcast, and that's the intro episode. And one of the things that I talked about was a frustration that I had just generally was if you're gonna walk a razor's edge we're going to go pull dudes out of some pretty gnarly circumstances. Like lots of the dudes that we played with were pulled from gnarly circumstances and were yep. brought in and then almost just expected to just be able to exist in this new environment yep. and know what to do and how to do it, what not to do. And I feel like it, it was a failure yep. and it's a failure that I wish moving forward, the dudes that made it, the guys that are ballers that went, you went and played, you, you got to get to the next level and did all the things. It's like coming back with that know-how, like if you were able to avoid all the problems that you easily could have gotten caught up in and you didn't, yeah. being able to come back and give that knowledge back to the community, whether it is those athletes that are now in college or those athletes that are in high school, it's those dudes need help. Like yep. these, these neighborhoods, these areas, these, these communities that yep. they're just going to continue to have their best and bright, like their best, their brightest, their strongest, their fastest get plucked out of their communities, put yep. into university situations yep. and they're going to be destined to fail. Yeah. It's, um, and I, I don't think I've told many people this story, but, but, but first let me go back. So, so you're absolutely right. The question that many folks might ask if you were to talk to your 19 year old self with your 19 year old self or 20 year old self will listen. And I will tell you that my younger self would not listen to me now. You know, yeah. people, you know, you, you have folks trying to tell you, but you had so much temptation around so much temptation. But I think, I think what, what, what a lot of coaches and, and people of leadership don't realize when you take people from these, from, from worse circumstances is th they don't understand those circumstances. So it, something happened with me. Um, this is 2008, maybe, and I and I got caught with a firearm, legal firearm that I, my mom purchased for me right after the um, the Virginia Tech shooting, I believe it was. Oh, my mom sure. was scared. She 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 purchased me a firearm. Everything was legal. I was driving, speeding, doing 35 and doing 35 uh, and a 30. Got pulled over. Police pulled me over. Guns were drawn, and. Luckily, one of the police officers uh, worked with the program instead of, you know, locking me up or, you know, um, taking my gun away. They took my gun. They put it in a plastic bag and they sent it to the campus. And they said the only way to get my gun is to talk to Urban Meyer. Urban Meyer got my mom on the phone, put your mom on the phone and tried to explain to her. Your son is walking around, walking around campus with a gun. I have no damn idea why he would do this. Blah, 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 and blows up. And my mom had to put him in his place and mm -hmm. said, told him, Meyer, you don't understand the situation. 
You don't understand where my son is from. You don't understand what can happen in these classes. And you don't understand his surroundings. You don't know how he was raised. He's going to get his damn gun back. And he never understood that. He never understood that. And when I saw him again, he said, how are you and your crazy ass mom? Oh my God, How are you and your crazy ass mom? That's what he says in a, in a, in a jokingly way, but that's what he think or thought of, of the way my mom thinks. Yeah. So these other kids and other situations, what do you think about their parents? Brandon Silas' parents that came in, you yeah. know, what do you think? Oh, your mom's crazy. No, that's my mom. And this is how I was raised, mm -hmm. raised me better, better or very similar, but teach, show me the ropes. Don't just, don't just be with me for the, for 40 hours. And, you know, let me spend the whole weekend, you know, learn, figure it out, figure it out on my own. Dude. I feel, I feel that so hard because um, when I got done playing, I went, my first gig out of school was I taught at a military school. Mm -hmm. So that's what ultimately brought me to Virginia originally was I taught at a all boys military school. Yep. These were kids where 10% were there because they wanted to go military and that was why they were there. The other 10% were there court ordered. And then the rest were kind of there because mom and dad had enough money to get them out of like to get them out of Dodge because they were getting way too much trouble back at home, whether it was gangs or drugs or whatever. Yep. And the fact was, is that those kids, it was the exact same. It's it's really weird because ultimately, originally I would have said, well, it's linear, right? You have kids and 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 communities and families that have not, they have nothing. And it's really hard to be able to be raised because you either don't have a mom and a dad or mom's working hard. You're being raised by grandma, whatever. And then you have the kids that have everything yep. and they're, and it's linear, but yep. it's actually, it's sick. It's, it's circular to yep. where it's those that have not, like I just first described, the fact was that those kids that had tons of money, mom and dad still aren't around yep. because now they're, they're so busy, whatever they're in, they're in their own head or they're in their own lives. Yep. So this kid now has way too much time on their hands yep. and they get into trouble and they roll with the wrong crowds or whatever. So those kids got out. And that was so real because when we were working with those kids, they just needed to be parented. Yep. They just needed to be supported. And dude, when you did parent teacher conferences and those families would come back, you'd be like, Oh, that's why. Yep. yep. And it, but the difference was, is that we didn't say it wasn't like, How's your crazy ass mom, Rod? It's going to be like, Rod, I, I, I'm here for you. Like, yep. it was like when I met some of those parents, I'm like, man, that doubled down. Like, I'm doubling down on helping yep. this kid because yep. as soon as he goes back home, he's going to go back to that situation yep. and I've got to give him something to be able to help him save himself. Like, it was just, and so I, I, I feel that so hard because it is like, dude, these, it's your responsibility. Like yep. you can't yep. just be like, well, they're crazy. So yep. whatever, like, oh, yep. well, good luck. Yeah, yep. you're right, man. That's a good story. Yep. Um, 2007. So the episode continues to progress. Yep. And as we progress through this, there is a, like we lose to, at, we lose at home against Auburn. Yep. And um, they didn't, they didn't, they didn't really talk about it in the episode, but man, it was the very first thing I wrote down was like, we don't lose at home. Yep. Like when we losing at home was really serious. Like it was not a little thing. No, no. I mean that, that was, that was almost a sin. Um, 
But, but before before the, the losing at home, I, I recall before the season, no one ever talked about a national championship in 07. Maybe once or twice people thought about it, but I, I recall Meyer saying, you know, beat Tennessee, beat Georgia, beat Florida State. Always. You know what? If get you can to beat Atlanta. Tennessee, you can beat Georgia, you, you can get to Atlanta. You can win easily. Exactly. You get to Atlanta, we take care of business, you got it. Right. Auburn game, what, what I recall is um, – that that bloody Tuesday, and you yeah. know the, the the bloody Tuesday, which is the hardest day of the practice. Um, it was rained out, so we had to go to the O'Connell Center and and do a walkthrough on um, Auburn on a good Auburn team, and we didn't really practice. And and, and Wednesday, you know, it's not you can't, you can't practice in in the fucking basketball stadium. No, you can't. And, and you, know you had I remember you had to take off your cleats and you mm-hmm. had your shoes, and everything was a walkthrough. Yeah. Wednesday was another rainy day, slow day dragging our feet thursday of course is and shells friday is no practice is film and hotel and saturday we got our ass handed to us i mean um we were on board man but then again when we ran up to lsu and and, and georgia and georgia beat us we knew i think it felt like the team gave up a little bit certainly after that lsu game especially after the lsu game um what do we hope for? And if you recall, Meyer used to have a thing for for bowl games, saying we're you don't want to get the Velcro watch, the damn Velcro watch. <laughs> the you, Velcro go good, watch. you go to a good bowl game. You go to a good bowl game. You're gonna get good gifts. You're gonna get the the Xbox 360s or whatever was out. You're gonna and you yeah. didn't want the Velcro watch. Yeah. So we lose to Auburn. We lose to LSU and, and and Georgia. And now we're like fuck a Velcro watch. We don't. It's like now we're in the Velcro watch stages. We're in the place that we don't want to be, and we we gave up on that. We I think a lot of the focus was you know, look at we got tossed by Michigan, and in Florida, you know, in Florida, in in Orlando, we, we gave no one ever talked about that game afterwards. It um, is like the game that we do not speak. It's like as, Harry Potter's Voldemort, right? We do not say his name. We no, do I, not speak of this game. Listen, I hear about the out, Outback Bowl in 2005, then the Michigan <laughs> game and, and the Citrus Bowl. But we don't talk about the Citrus Bowl. And, and that's a season that everyone wanted to forget. But yeah. we're on to the next after after Georgia. We're on to the next thing, man. And, and 07 really was just from bad to worse. Right. It was things that didn't get talked about that were bad stuff that happened that you like it. I easily double digits yeah. of dudes tore their ACLs that year. Like it and just deaths. was. And, and, and deaths. Uh, Michael Sunshine died middle of the season. Yep. Middle of the season. Yeah. By week. By with, with the girlfriend of a football player. Yeah. Yeah. That was never the... talked about. Uh-uh. Um, no. They we do talk. They do. They do talk about um, Avery Atkins. So they talk about his passing in that episode. Yeah. So you know they, they they talk about Avery, but but here here's one thing: they talk about Avery in the documentary, but the coaches never talked about Avery to the team. And that was so. That was the first Ever. thing that I said to you offline. Right? Was that yeah. was I go the first time I remember hearing the name. But I couldn't tell you anything about Avery. And then when it was such a major part of the documentary, like, you know what I mean? A solid two minutes, two and a half minutes dedicated to it. Yeah. It really confused me. And when I first called you and said, hey, Rob, will you, will you do this with me? Yeah. And we were kind of talking about things. I'm like, hey, 
tell me about the Avery Atkins thing. And cause it's just, cause you were older, but it was that it did. And, and that's a shame because the feeling, if I'm being hundred percent honest, right. The feeling was, why did he get so much time? But like Michael got none. No. Like everybody on the team knew Mike. like it was like, there was no question. It was a major disruptor. Like yeah. we had a team memorial service yep. for him yeah. where players yeah. like got up and speak and they had to get like, therapists for players that wanted to be able to talk to people. Like it was, it was a major ordeal and was a ripple effect. Like you said, it wasn't just the death of a player, the death of a player's girlfriend. Like it was a major ripple effect. The girl was best friends with like other players, wives or uh, future wives and existing girlfriends at the time. Like it was, it was a major ordeal. Yeah. I think, I think, I think um, Netflix should have put the Avery in, in episode one. That that was definitely an episode um, one, an episode one type type, type deal. Um, it was an impact on those that knew Avery, but Avery came in in 05. He came in in 05. He passed in, I believe, it was some summer 2007, maybe. But his passing had no impact on 2007 season. Those that 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 knew him, especially that 05 class, and some some of the folks before then, um, and some some maybe some folks from 06. They um talked about it, you know, uh, but it, it had no impact on football. It was very, very unfortunate, man. Very, very, very unfortunate. Young guy, man. Um, you you haven't met him, but um, one of the most athletic guys that I've ever seen in person. Mm-hmm. Very similar to I don't know if you remember um Jared Faison type. I remember you know, Faison. Just, yeah, just just an athlete, overall athlete. Yeah, big, fast, strong, and it was just an un- unfortunate. But but there was other tragedies. Guilford was another one. Not trying to say what's more important. No, um, but 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 impact to that season. Yeah, what, what was tragedies, injuries, and yeah. um, a lack of a lack of leadership, especially. And, and I don't say this to say anything bad about that 05 recruiting class, but those guys wasn't given the chance and the leadership. That they that they deserve those guys. Oh five was never talked about. No. Oh five. Meyer kicked probably more. Oh five. We got rid of more. Oh five than he kept. Um. But but that 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 oh five gap and um. You know the losses with with, with the, in the games the losses with with, with with Michael. You know um. Those are all things that you know think. Hey, let's live life. Let's party, man. Why not? Let's get out, man. Screw this. This is not the life. And it was, you know, the coaches yelling every screw this. Let's go out and drink. If that's what it was, right? Like yeah. it ended up being, it did, it yeah. did. And that's where it kind of went, like it's it was bad from worse, bad to worse, like insult yeah. to injury, because yeah. at this point we get to that 07, and this is where the episode kind of starts. Finally getting to the 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 place that everybody has been waiting for, which yep. is they start kind of showing like some of the news clippings and some of the things that they were showing. And I remember they were, they, they um, were showing, so they talk, let's first like major rights chain incident. Yep. And I like the fact that they let major just be like, listen, it was very simple yep. where I'm from. If someone takes what's yours, yep. you have to go get it back. Yep. Yep. The piece that I immediately, once it ended, I was like, I paused it and I'm like, oh, we've left out a major part of this story, yeah. which was the guy that 
takes Major's chain, he gets shot in the head that night. Yep, yep. So, so, someone gets shot, shot in the head, um, and they lived. They, they, and they that was I didn't realize that. So yep. you told me that off air, and I was like, "Wait, what?" Yep. From, from, from what I recall, they end up living. Um, they pointed some fingers um, around, so some some players and um, some folks in the community, and it just it, it ain't going nowhere. It ain't get, and, it ain't going nowhere. And I think that 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 drama, right? Like yep. that drama of, of it didn't go anywhere, yep. alludes to the part where one of the reporters in the docu series kind of said things disappeared back then. Uh, it, it didn't disappear. I, I believe the guy didn't want to testify anymore. So, so, <laughs> so, so, yeah. so here's the deal. And this, this, this blows kind of, kind of blow my mind of things disappearing of what that guy alluded to. You have young inner inner city kids and black kids, right? They have access to one of the best lawyers in Florida that if it wasn't for football, they would not have been privy to. Sure. And if he found any type of discrepancy or any type of legality that can benefit his client, which of course is these football players, uh, then they would get 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 away. They would they're free, right? But this is the same thing that happens in corporate America. This is the same thing that happens to wealthy families. But because it's happening to this 18-year-old that's family can't provide this service, then it's getting away. So it's not getting away. It's first, it got so much media attention. The media can't just, you know, um, it's not the, the the judge, the jury, and the ex- ex- executioner. But, you know, um, from a legal standpoint, these guys didn't did nothing wrong. Now, morally or whatever you have, then you can judge them based on, you know, your character, but um, for him to say things went away, I don't think that's fair to say because from a legal aspect, everyone um, they were either innocent or was you know not as serious as the media made it out to be. So, and, and the media, of course, it's in their best interest to make it as salacious <laughs> and as exciting. Correct, as correct. And, and, the, and at that time, at that time, the University of Florida football players were targets. Now I've I've gone out on you know Saturday nights and my Friday and Wednesday ladies night and you know you was a target you're a target from the police department a lot of times they weren't trying to protect you um, I have stories about that um, and, and you were also a target to to some of the residents that lived in Gainesville those guys want to make a name of themselves and sure. you know as someone said in the documentary we were trained to kill you know if we're trained like not killing you know literally but um, to hurt. You know, to stop your will. And when these these guys and they're, you know, 6'2", 200 pounds, and they want to test their strengths on you, you're not going to shake their hand and, and, and buy them a drink. You might want to um, choke them a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, I mean, but no, we didn't, we, we, everything didn't get brushed under, 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 under the rug. I mean, some players got kicked off the team for doing things that legally they're wrong for doing. Right. They were in, and they were in the wrong. They got dealt with. One of the one of the news clippings that made me laugh like out loud and again bother my wife by pausing it and then explaining more to her was when they show Ronnie's news clipping that said um, he was displaying a concealed weapon. And the reality was the reason I love that so much because it was now that is the media, right? Yep. That's the media explaining it. But talk about like the idea of like, oh, well, things disappeared. It's like, 
hold on. Who helped get you this news report? Because Ryan wasn't just displaying a concealed weapon. He pulled an AK-47 out of his trunk. Yeah, that I, I recall that story. AK-47 being pulled. I think legally the guy was <laughs> legally. <laughs> I think the guy was trying to run him over. I think the guy that was the, hit the gas. He hit the gas, was trying to run him over, and he shot. That was yeah. now what happened before that incident, you know. Is hearsay. It's hearsay. Might be true, but the guy. Hey, listen, I carry firearms. You try to run me over. Hey, it's 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 more than shooting in the air. I mean, <laughs> good luck. But um, but he didn't just show a firearm. I mean, um, legally he was protecting himself. Um, but that that that, that was an incident that that made headlines. I remember it made headlines. It did, and, and ultimately Ronnie did get. Yeah. Kicked off, you know what I mean? He got suspended yep. from the team, kicked off the team, yep. and, and then yep. they worked to kind of have him try and work his way back. And there was some other incidents that 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 that, that happened um to 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 him um that, that yeah. led him from being dismissed. Whether or not it's true or not, I don't know. Yeah, there was what it, it did. Ronnie had a had a stack of things, and I really I really enjoyed Ronnie because yeah. I was on scout defense in 06. Yeah. So you just you spend a lot of time hitting those guys. Yeah. So you just end up building like bonds with a couple of those guys. And Ronnie was one of those ones that he loved to smash. Like he yeah. loved to hit hard. Yeah. And yeah. so he was always a pulling guard whenever I was at end. Yeah. So him and I were always going just helmet to helmet and like making each other see star. Yeah, he <laughs> wasn't. Was, was I, I went to high school with him. I, I went to high that. school. I went to high school with Ronnie, man, and he's always been, you know, a very headstrong guy. I mean, you know, on the football field, he's always been a monster. Uh-huh. He's always been a monster. And another guy, and, and you're talking about, you know, you take him from Pompano Beach. He's from Pompano Beach. I mean, and that's a really rough area. You take him from, and you put him in Gainesville, and, you know, you have these guys that just want to test him, you know, and, 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 and you know, people come out of town and they bring their family from out of town. And, you know, that's just a guy you just don't want to test. I mean, we have a lot of guys that you just want didn't want to test. He was one of them. You just, just leave him alone. I remember it was either 07 or 08. Goal line. We're goal, goal line mm-hmm. set up, right? So it was perfect because it's right where one of the scissor lifts are with the camera. That, that yes. Filming, right? So they're filming right down. And we are all lined up because um, I'm on the defensive side. And so you mm-hmm. would have been too, right? So we would have been – all of us are lined up on the back of the end zone. Yep, yep. And offense is on the other side. They're all lined up with their – they're facing us. And then offense, defense are going against each other right on the goal line, right? Yep. And Keeson Moore scores, comes in, scores. So D. Harv is standing right in the back of the end zone, whatever. And Keeson walks up and pushes the ball into D. Harv's chest. I remember. And then – like does it just turns and goes like he's gonna go back to the huddle and it was instantaneous. Yep. Dehar takes his helmet, which was yep. <laughs> I remember and just full full send. Yes. And he's gonna hit Keaston in the back of the head with his helmet. I remember Keaston, you know, just had that spider sense and was like, oh shit, and then just takes off and yeah. it's like a full fight of everybody having to hold Dehar back. Yeah, I felt like it just took a whole bunch of dudes all holding them back because he was going to murder. Oh yes, you know? oh yes, oh yes, yes. You're right, you're right. I mean, yeah, you had some guys that, that just wasn't, you know, just leave them alone. 
Leave, leave me alone. <laughs> Hard was another one. And you know what? And, and you know what? Speaking of that team, too, and we're talking about like 07. D. Harf was a part of 07. Yeah. You're talking about a first round draft pick. Mm-hmm. They didn't they didn't speak about D. Harf. That that leadership, D, listen, that, that was the, one of the guys. Dude, Jarvis Moss was a first round draft pick, and they never said his name except for yeah. the South Carolina game in 06. Oh, hell yeah. Oh, Blaylock and I talked a lot about yeah. the fact that Reggie was left out. Like, yeah. what the hell? Yeah, so you have you have some folks. You you have some folks, man. And it was um, I remember Coach Mark. But again, I'm young, I'm impressionable. And Coach Mark goes, I don't even fuck with D Harf. I stay away from D Harf. <laughs> I, was like, <laughs> I was like, okay. Like, yeah. Coach Mark, you, for the listeners, right? Coach Mark, big former NFL yeah. defensive lineman, big yeah. Jamaican dude. Yeah. Like, yeah. He's like, nope. <laughs> You don't, how, you don't fuck with the heart. How did he say it? How did he say it? <laughs> I can't do it again. I'm not doing it again. <laughs> but yeah, but yeah we, it, it was some, it was some, it was some good guy. It was some good guys, but just, it was it, it, it was, and 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 you really got to know those dudes. So one of the things that I did like that I, I don't remember in 06, and definitely remember in 07 and in 08 is that when we get to fall camp, so we're now out of the 07 year, and we get to in fall camp two days and we start doing these sessions where dudes are bleeding on each bleeding on each other. Yeah. We did that in 06 too. Oh, I just would. I, well, then yep. I don't remember as strongly. Yep. 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 We did that during, during, during fall camp. Yep. Fall camp. But I remember it very vividly, you know, once now you're established and man, it, it, it did, it helped, right. It really yep. did help yep. to hear some of the stories and hear that background and the fucking heartbreaking yep. stories. Of what these dudes are and where they came from and what they've uh, the adversity that they have climbed yep. out of, and and then you have Jim Tart come and say his life was wonderful and he doesn't know what the fuck's everyone's yeah. problem is. Which I don't remember Jim Tart being up there, but <laughs> Tart oh, got no. up. I do remember Jim Tart being up there saying they were in the classroom and they went out the window to go fishing mm-hmm. and then they came back to class with a you know a bundle of fish. Some Tar- country country boy. <laughs> well, what I remember the most from what I remember the most from Tart was that he was just like he was like, um, I have a loving mother and father. My life was fantastic. I I, I got nothing. I can't like it. Just it, it, what his point was is just like it's. I don't know why I'm here right now. I don't know why I'm speaking to you all because I don't have a story. I don't have a story to tell. Just like you said, it's just I. I'm from South Choppy, Florida. There's two stoplights, and yeah. this is, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Yeah, I'm gonna yeah. sit down. For the most part, that that bleeding on on, on you was, it, it it was very um touching. You know, it was rough, absolutely. To, to, to for especially for those that have gone through things and those that have seen things to understand that. To me, it was more so. Um, you're not alone. You're you're, you're because a lot of times um. A lot of players would have think, you know, they're alone. You know, like I'm the only one. And Steve Harris, I remember Steve Harris's story, and I was thinking, you know what? This is someone that, somewhat that that, that his background relates to mine just just a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, but but that's how I felt. It's like, you know what? There's other folks, other people on this team that have seen or experienced things that you know I've seen. Uh, I did. I did appreciate. Those, I mean, it was only maybe a few because it was only during only two days. Yeah, but um, we we could have used more of that during the season. 
We could I would agree with that. A lot more of that. And it would have brought the team a lot closer together too. I would agree with that. Not having some of those things. There were a number of things that they tried to do during the off season that were valuable pieces that where they did try to do like skills and help us try and figure shit out or do different things that I, I did find value in. Um, we get to, so ultimately we get Tim wins that, that Heisman trophy in 07. He wins it. And it was the only, it felt like the only thing that was good that happened that year. Yeah. And we get into the off season in 07 and 08. And we have to touch on the fact that it just, it was, it was a miserable off season. Oh boy. You know what I mean? And, and, and let's, we'll start with stadiums because we had to run stadiums for every loss that we took. Yep. And it was the most losses that you and I ever experienced was in that yep. single year. I think that single year was more losses than we experienced in our entire career of all those yep. other years combined. Um, that's true. Correct. You know what I mean? Like it just was, yep. it was, it was four losses. So it gives you an yep. idea of like what and it was. And then we had to run four stadiums. Yep. In the winter, and then four stadiums in the spring. Yeah. Um, and again, I've said it before, but it's I, I'm from Southern California. Yeah. So my background in Southern California, I, I knew nothing about Florida until I got to Florida. Right? Nothing. I knew nothing yeah. about the rivalries. Nothing. And it was at this moment in the off season for 2007 when they are taking us in at 5:45 in the morning, 6 a.m. in the morning, showing us the highlights of Georgia. Yep. Dancing in the end zone in 07 yep. and then making us go run every step in the stadium four times. Like it was <laughs> yeah. the hate, like this, this eternal forever hate for Georgia was like permanently implanted in my soul. Yeah. And people don't understand when, when, if you say stadium, they don't understand how big the stadium is. I mean, you're, you're talking no, about and then it's not just the main part of the stadium. It's the, the parts of the stadium that you have to run up the ramp to. Mm -hmm. I mean, yeah. someone said we had to touch every stair in that stadium. Every, every step. Um, it goes up 90. I counted. goes up 90. It yeah, comes on, down 90. And on one side, side, I believe, it goes up five or six times. Each side. And then you have the end zone. And then you have the nosebleed sections. Mm -hmm. where we Which all, were terrifying. The, the nosebleed sections were I I terrifying fall. to I be I running. Hell yeah. I thought I was going to fall in and die because <laughs> I could not walk. I could not walk. Um, yep. We started at round 545-6. Yep. We ended. The sun was up and shining. Yeah, it was dark, right? You were starting <laughs> yeah. and it's dark and then the sun is out by the and time. You had, you know, Tim Tebow and I remember Saratino there in the front. Just you know, yeah, you know, we had cruising, man. And my big old legs, man, they could they were they wasn't gonna make it. I'm too, I'm too big for this. I just want to hit someone, man. I just want to hit someone. I don't want to run stadiums, man. Uh-uh. But, no, but, but that year, I remember it was being brutal. We had no water park. So um no water park. I oh my god, I have not thought about the water park. No water park. So right so, now. so in, in, in 2005, we went to the water park. So this is you know, so this is during two a days. Tour days. Yeah. We went to the water park in 2005, lost 2005. 
2006, we went to the water park. I mean, 2006, we did not go to the water park. We win the national championship. 2007, we're going to two days, and we pass the practice, and we go on a bus, and we go to the water park down in Ocala, and we lost the season. 2008, guess what? Fuck it. No water park. No water park, motherfucker. <laughs> water park makes us lose. So no water park stadiums. Brutal workouts, man. And and at this time, too, you have to realize, and, and Brandon Spikes is a little bit older. You know, the pouncies coming in, they know that, you know, it's, it's their time to shine. Yeah. Everyone wants to get stronger. I have a clip about the bench pressing. You know, I do bench press like 31 times. You see Aaron Hernandez, maybe a freshman, sophomore, doing it 30 times. Right. So, so for, for listeners, right, this is the bench press. This is the 225 rep test. That was the combine rep test. So this is 225 pounds. So Blackie, you did it 31. 31. 31 times on this. And I have a chart of it. Hernandez is on it. You see, I remember, I remember the chart, right? I remember the chart yeah. that was in the weight room that showed everybody. So, so, so Eric, so everyone's getting strong. Everyone's pissed off. We don't want to do damn stadiums, no. but it was so brutal to your point that we knew that we was not going to do it next year. No, we no. knew that we were not going to do it next year. I remember um, doing wall sits with a with two 45-pound plates on my um, thighs. While your partner does sled do put, while your partner does plate push around the fucking yes. skin, dude. Yeah. I did not want to do it. I, I remember Joe Hayden. Oh, he's going to hate that I tell this story. I remember one day he came in um, and he went out partying the night before. Joe could party. And um. Coach Co- Coach Mick took every weight in the weight room and put it on the ground and told him to pick it all of it up, walk into the training room and say, I need you to call the damn ambulance. I'm about to break Joe Hayden's fucking back. <laughs> and then everyone knew, don't come in here drunk. Don't come in here smelling like alcohol. Don't come in looking like you're smelling like alcohol. This mm-hmm. is a new game. So it was a new sheriff in town. I'm um, at the same same sheriff, but different a set of rules. Different it's demeanor. Saying, you know what? Fuck this party and shit. And they highlighted it in the in the in the in the in the Netflix. But we are here. We are going to kill people. Not literally, but you know. oh yeah, they were going to physically try and kill us. Yeah, like there was a there was a couple workouts that it just was like they were going. It was truly why all of us can sit back and say like there's just there's nothing. There's nothing that my boss can say. There's nothing that can happen in my life at this point that's going to be more stressful, that's going to put me more in a corner than I already have been. Great. And they put us in corners. That's when they started making us circle up. They brought out the tug. I don't know if you recall the tug. We we didn't use it, right? I, I, I went against maybe Hobbs or Barry, like my very, like right when I was there. And then we didn't do it anymore. It was, it got taken they, away. They, um, I remember the, I, I think I remember the tug. Maybe that's 06, but geez, Louise. I mean, they put they pinned us against each other and mm-hmm. separated offense and defense in a in a really strategic way. Oh yeah. That, that made everyone come together. Spikes, you have the offense with, with major and you know, um and, and company, and you have some other folks over there. Yeah, the um, defense and, then, and then the on the offense is T Bow and the pounces and mm-hmm. bring the goddamn juice. You have Murph bring the juice and, mm-hmm. and, and to collectively we are going to go into the 2008 season and we're going to see what we got and, and i remember um, watching the documentary we just knew in 2008 
we were probably the fastest team ever assembled and also the strongest. We were ready. There was no doubt, right? Like the vibe was was radical. Oh, it was there. It was, it was, listen, this is, we have the fastest team. Because remember, Mike used to say, cut the grass low. Cut the grass low and let's see who runs a 4-2, right? Mm -hmm. Let's see. We had the company of, um, we made sure we were fast. I remember that summer, Lewis Murphy running, I think he ran that 4-2-4. 4-2, yeah. And everyone was like, holy smoke. Yeah. We thought thought Jeff Demps was going to smoke it out. With mm-hmm. the four two four or whatever it was, or Percy, but when Murph did that, everyone just knew, like, dude, no one can stop us. No one. I don't get. You could put at that time maybe the Browns or the Dolphins <laughs> in front of us, and, <laughs> and you know, you know, I didn't. No one cared about any any, any team. No, no, and, and it was, it was, and when we say like a Murph runner four two, the reason why that was a big deal was Murph was not perceived to be the fastest dude on the team. So understand yeah. that we had a bunch of other dudes all running four three. It's like it was they were all in that four three sub four four arena. So it was, it was they were frighteningly fast. You had um Chris Rainey, you had mm-hmm. um you had Riley Cooper, you had Coop. Jeff Demps. Coop was um, another Coop was another dude that just never never got mentioned at all. And Coop was um, was fantastic. But I would say that's the fastest white boy I've ever seen. Jeez. That is some freaky speed, man. Jeez Louise. And the fact that he was that fast and he was built like a goddamn tight end. You know what I mean? He was a, he was big and had such an anger problem. That was so that, that, that angry. He was, a, he was another one, you know? He To me, he was one of the coolest guys on the team. Without a and doubt. You just did not mention him. You did not mention this Riley Cooper. Come on, man. No, he was a he he was a stud, and he was a stud because and and I enjoyed it because again, ultimately, like you you alluded to earlier, like I I become a specialist, right? I become a long snapper, and I remember Coop earning his way on special teams, just being a monster on kickoff. And uh, my favorite part about when Coop first shows up is he's got these huge old truck nuts. On his truck, I remember he had the truck. And I was like, "What big. the hell are those?" Yeah. <laughs> and at, at, at that point, I don't think I'd ever seen them before. Yeah. So this is the first pair of truck nuts I had ever seen. Yeah, and just these the huge fucking testicles off the bottom. Yeah. Of the truck. yeah. I don't know what were the eggs in there. I don't know what, what that was. <laughs> I, don't know, I don't know what it was, but it was awesome. And I remember him and Papello were boys, like yeah. when they first came in, and they were a hell of a combination, the two of them together. Yeah. Um. So we there's a cool uh, a clip that me, gave me a lot of great memories where they show um, he, it's a coach. He's passionately talking. He's in a white shirt. He's got a mustache. He's bald. He's talking. He's, he's clapping a whole lot. And getting, you can tell he's giving a speech. And this is this is Steve Adazio. Yeah. And um, when we used to go to the hotels, we had it as we did hotel to go play, whether we were home or away, we had a really strict like regimented schedule of where we were, how we went to dinner. And then we would um, have these moments where we would have either team meetings and all that kind of stuff as we prepped to go to the game. And Adazio, it rotated, right? It wasn't always Adazio. At least I don't think it was always Adazio. No, it was always Adazio. Was it always Adazio? It was always Adazio. But he gave kind of like that final, like that final speech at breakfast. At breakfast, yep. yep. And he used to bring the juice. 
If I mean, if you could compare any speech to it, it would be the the inches speech from any given Sunday. Okay. Yeah. I don't know till this day. I don't know if Adazio wrote this stuff down, but he delivered the best speeches. And what Netflix did, they took a rated G version. <laughs> so Adazio, from, from what I recall, he didn't care for ladies to be in the room at that time, out of out of respect of what he might say. Yeah. Um, and I I recall, you know, one one time, him and you know slamming down and, and cutting his his hand on some glass, and he brought the pain. If you if you wasn't fired up mm-hmm. at breakfast, you <laughs> did not. You didn't want to touch that field. I mean, he he made you so amped up. I mean, that this is before the video. And yeah. The, the video that the video guys, um, shout out to Maurice Walker, he who contributed to that. Um, he they created these videos for us right before the game. Yeah, we're all so dressed right before up. we got on the bus. Mm-hmm. They created these these videos about the team that we're playing, and they might have a three hundred clip or some clip that's yeah, so the motivation. Matrix. Gladiator, yeah. gladiator, something. Mm-hmm. But a Ado- the Adazio juice—that's what I remember. Is calling Adazio. Give some of that Adazio juice. I mean, that was by far the biggest motiv- motivational speeches that I've probably ever heard today. For I mean, sure. he can give Ray Lewis a run for his money with his Adazio speeches. I guarantee it. Yeah, and there were phrases that um, I've heard plenty of times post, but they were the first times as a young kid hearing them of just the idea, of like you know. Um, Tough times don't last. Tough, yeah. time, you know, the, the idea of like tough people do like these yeah. phrases that he just was like, he just would, like you said, he would hit it one after another, after another. Yeah. And yeah. it did. It just, it was, you were, you were ready. You were yeah. super yeah. amped. You and, were then you, and then you had to go nap because the game was at seven. Yeah. So much for us, man. It was good because we had a lot of night games, a lot of night games. It was yeah. wild, man. It was wild because we would be at the hotel and you'd just be watching college game day all day. You'd just all be day. watching all day, just laying in yeah. bed, yeah. and you are about to go play like you're about yeah. to go play LSU yeah. at the swamp yeah. in six hours, and we're kind of just hanging out and they're just like hanging oh. around. Yeah. And I right. felt like the team did such a good job because it is this this really strategic game that you're playing where you have to um you can't let your team peak too early. Yeah. You know, if everybody blows their wad at 3 p.m. and you have a 7 p.m. game, you've got a serious problem on your hands. You're right. You're right. I think, I think they did a very, very good job in, you know, hydrating. I remember Coach Mick knocking on oh doors. Yeah, yeah. Making sure you, you had your Gatorade, you know. We didn't have a lot of cramping issues on the field. We did not. Yeah. And it was uh, when you walked into your hotel room, it starts in two days, right? Yeah. And essentially it just was as much Gatorade as you could physically consume. So you had – you know, two big, they weren't pallets, but, you know, big, like, 24-pack type Gatorades that were waiting for you. Yeah. Chug it. Chug it. That's what he will say. Hell, yeah. Well, you walked in, yeah, so they would walk in, and um, whenever we were in our film meeting rooms, right, watching film or whatever, they would just pop in every once in a while. It was, like, bottles up, and if you did not have a bottle with you, like, you were going to get your ass reamed. You always had to have something to drink. Um, We get hyped up. The thing ends, we lose, right? So climax is high. We lose to Ole Miss. We lose to Ole Miss. And oh wait, so this is the end of the episode. We lose, and um, 
it was devastating. At this point, yeah. it is, oh, wait, I have um, earned a spot finally to play. I was so like driven to get off so that I no longer black it. Those Friday morning workouts for walk-ons uh, yep. get fucked, man. Like that was so God, that was so horrible. I just remember being like, I would literally do anything. I would do anything to just not have to do this anymore. And that's when I learned about the rocker position on the field goal team, yep. which was essentially putting yourself on a cross and allowing three guys to hit you as hard as they could while they tried to block a field goal. And so Hobbs gets hurt. He just knee gets hurt and I'm his backup. And there was few words that I resonate with deeper when spikes was like talking about, I'm waiting for you to mess up Siler so I can take a job. So you will never get it back. And it was like, that was so real for me where it was just like, Hobbs got hurt. I will never mess up. Yep. I will never get in trouble. You will never get this job back. So I get to travel and oh wait, well, it is the guard tackle. I'm one more over yep. that the block comes from. Yep. And I remember just being like, it was devastating that the yep. PAT gets blocked. And you're yeah. like, and in the back of your mind, you kind of like, okay, well, like, Tim will take care. <laughs> Tim will take care of it. Yeah. And then, and then we weren't able to. I, you know, that, that game, and I remember especially the end of the game very vividly. It was different than um, 07. 07, the game there, we we lost and we we knew we were gonna kind of come back, but there was still some uncertainty in the air, right? So um, 07, and I just kind of want to give people a layout of what happens after a game, right? Yeah. When 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 Tim Tebow gives his speech, no one hears his speech. You hear his speech possibly on ESPN the next on day TV for right sure. on may or maybe Monday. Right. But you know, yeah. we don't, we're not privy to hear his speech. His while he's doing his speech, everyone else is in the locker room talking right. or, or, or showering. Right. So I just want to just give someone, uh, one of your listeners, um, just, 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 just yeah, a, yeah. a visual. Because it's a media room that's like it's it is it's a you know it's it's down the hall. It's correct. It's the media room down the hall. Room. You go to the media room so as a few players go. So so we go to the locker room and everyone know. Listen, we fucked up. Everyone knows that um mm -hmm. this will never happen again. And you can look at everyone's faces. It's not anger. It wasn't anger. It was. You know why 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 we are here. We know the mission. We fucked up. It will never happen again. This is this is the emotion in the room. You know, you you, you hear people talking and you like, listen, screw that. We're on the next week. Whoever we have next week, we are going to punish them. We're going to punish everyone like they have never been punished. Yeah. And, and when Tim did his speech and we heard of the fact, it was only to regurgitate or, you know, or let the folks know what we were already feeling um, in the whole know, locker room. In the whole in the whole locker room, we already knew. Like, listen, no one can touch us. It's just Ole Miss, you know. And and something's telling me I haven't looked at the weather report that before the Ole Miss came game came. Um, I think we probably had rain. No, you're practice. feeling you're feeling that rain. I you know maybe maybe I'm in Tampa, but you have to think about. Most football teams are really good, but preparation is, is is really what wins games. And we wasn't prepared for that moment. 
He didn't yeah. practice, you know, um, if that was the case. But I, I think we may, may have bring that day. Well, we already knew. Listen, no one's going to beat us. Right. No one's going to be us. So he regurgitated exactly what, what, what we were feeling, but to the public. Usually the public is not privy to the locker room. Sure. Um, but but that locker room feeling, if you recall, man, geez, no one's we weren't. I don't I don't care if the New England Patriots at that time was going to come in. You know, Randy Moss was locked down. I don't I don't care. Um, but that's what we felt, and that's how the episode ended. Uh very it was one of the most memorable moments in the locker room that I've probably ever felt. Yeah. Besides Tennessee, you know, 2006. Yeah. Um, it's interesting of, of a point that you make, which is the idea where it's normally when players and coaches talk to the media, you get the, we take it one game at a time. You know, we're, we're you know, they were a great opponent. You get the usual bullshit. Yeah, the, the the typical coaches speak or the usual lines that that you give, yep. um, but it was a rare moment where it wasn't that, right? Tim does yeah. just say, "This is this is where we're at. Like this is what I'm feeling, and I'm literally just going to go like essentially off script, and it yep. does become iconic. But in all fairness, I don't think it becomes iconic until we win." Because then it's like messianic, you know what I mean? Then it's like it's he was it was a fortune teller. It was like this will never happen again. Then we go undefeated the rest of the season and we win, and then it becomes Tebow's promise. So I think you know it for, for the folks it it, it does. It, um, it's almost like he's the fortune teller, like he was the savior of Correct. the season. And I don't want to take anything away from 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 the speech. Great, he gave the speech to the public. But that speech was already said one way or another in that locker room at the same time. Sure. Um, Tim, at the time, was the leader of our football team. He was a, yeah. a major contributor and a leader of that football team. And I don't think the Netflix did a huge um, focus on, on what I'm going to say is Tim wasn't the leader of that football team. To the public, he might have been the leader. But there's other guys, Major Wright, that got us some pretty good juice. Oh, yeah. Brandon Spikes, you're gonna give us some juice. Louis mm -hmm. Murphy, you have um you have the Pouncy twins. Pouncy twins. We also have Houston Moore with the dance moves, you know, with some of his Texas buddies. But um yeah. Tim Tebow can rally a few folks, but uh, everyone didn't gravitate some like you you would think so that so that promised speech he didn't come into the locker room and everyone gravitated towards him and mm -hmm. he made this speech of he would never you know do whatever he had to do to win the game yeah you're gonna whether you do what you had to do or not we're winning this damn game we had some leaders and I hate that Netflix did it but we had some people in that locker room that were that people bring spikes people gravitated towards that energy that energy mm -hmm. you know major writers and young people gravitated towards that energy um his speech was great his speech was a great speech it's engraved <laughs> in the um engraved in the stadium it is but i wish that the media had you know other speeches that was giving Minus some of the f bombs engraved on, <laughs> engraved on, the, engraved on that stadium too, because but because that 
th that speech um, spoke of what we were already thinking. Or we already knew. I mean, we, we went into the, 2008, we went in there and we blew everyone out of the frame. I mean, mm -hmm. if you look back at that, those scores, I mean, good luck. Oh, yeah, man. We 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 played Kentucky, and I've, I've told this in one of the other episodes. But it was again, I was a rocker, and we scored like seventy points plus on Kentucky, and um, they only rushed my side the entire really? time to block field goal. <laughs> so I got a concussion that game. Hmm. I got hit so hard, so often that it got to the end of the game, and like my wife had to watch me overnight. Like it was like I was really? like I was. Oh yeah, like I got I got fucked up. That Kentucky game. And back then, you know, we didn't talk about concussions. I mean, oh. Meyer, my, Meyer would say, can you play? <laughs> yep. And yeah. you wouldn't, you didn't tell anybody. No. He was, he, no. This is because this, that's what's real. What was real was I'm not telling the only concussions that I have diagnosed were ones that I couldn't hide. Yeah. Otherwise, it just was like, well, I want to keep playing. And again, if I don't play, I lose my spot. You lose your spot. As you said before, that you said I would never lose a spot. I've had many concussions. Um, and they they did the study on the CTE type oh, of deal. Yeah. And I'm quite sure I'm gonna have my brain examined. You know, I've took the the task for potential CTE and I'm I'm probably or you know, have it. But that's something that the Netflix also never talked about is, you know. Aaron, Aaron, right? So Hernandez, yeah. right? It's fair. Let's talk about Hernandez for just a minute. It was yeah. <clears throat> right. They open up his brain and is the youngest person ever diagnosed, right? With all that going on in his head. Yeah. And it just is like, well, is it because he's the youngest one we've tested before? Because, but then it just is, there's just no, I don't know. It just, it, it's such a wide paintbrush that they've painted him with. Yeah, I and, mean, and, and that was what was always irritating to me because it's what are the number one questions you get, right? You played for Florida? Yes, I did. Did you know Tim Tebow? Yes, I did. You played from 2006? You like, oh, yep. That means you played with Aaron Hernandez, right? Yep. Yeah. Like, it's just those are the normal questions. And then we get to where it was like, what was that like? Yeah. Because now Aaron's, Aaron's documentary, right? His documentary, right, came out years ago. So there's lots of folks that think they know. Yeah. And they don't know. And, and here's another thing. And I, I don't think I've ever told anyone this. Um, I, I, I recall one day me, me and Aaron and um, a coach, we're out to practice and Aaron needed some help doing some um, a drill. He was doing a drill that we had to bump heads a lot. And like I said before, I don't blink. I'm not blinking. I'm. That's why they brought you. Yeah, I'm I'm going I'm going I'm going to hit, you know, and, and the coaches were the coach was adamant that I give him all that I got. And I was giving him a a lot, right? <laughs> um and in in a helmet, and I just want to put a helmet is like this, right? And if if you can read you only can read the eyes. Yeah. And I, I I was reading Aaron's eyes and it was I don't want anymore type of deal. And at the time, um, the coach, he's telling us we're about to line up or we are about to go. And he's tell he's shaking his head to me, no. You can see it. But the only thing you can see, you can see his head, like, look at, like, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I know that he don't want to hit anymore and that it is – I know that it's hurting him because you can right. look at his eyes and it's – I mean, we're maybe 20 times in. 
Right. And I'm I'm not going to stop. Well, it, it mm-hmm. I and, understand the motion. And 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 you can look at him like no, and he's not the first person to do this, but his eyes is telling. I knew something wasn't right because he usually Chico want to he he want to go at it, right? And um, and I'm like damn, and he's a kid because if you recall, Aaron was young when he came to the team, maybe 16, 17, maybe. Yeah, seventeen, I think. Yeah, and I'm a I'm a grown man, and I'm I'm strong at this time. I'm I'm bitch pressing a lot. I'm I'm ready to show my <laughs> show my power. And um, and I felt bad. I felt that's the first time that I ever felt bad for him. Aaron is the only person that I've ever felt bad of hitting in practice. Hmm. And 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 I never. T- I don't. I don't think I've ever told anyone this story. Um, I felt bad because I knew something wasn't up. That yeah. this young kid is hitting me like this, and he knew something wasn't up. Yet he kept going. Yeah. And people don't want to, the documentary don't talk about the the circling it up. We we lived on the circle up. Mm-hmm. You you and DeVoe. You you put you put me and DeVoe 10 yards apart. Yeah. And must have mashed each other helmets in. Mm-hmm. And we used to bend each other face masks. Mm-hmm. And then you tell me to go out and have fun with the local folks that's trying to beat me up. <laughs> but that's real though man and, and it's talk about i love i really appreciate you telling the story right because it is it's very real and it does highlight a piece that there's a lot of conflict in that entire story right because it's as a walk-on you don't have worth and I'm not trying to get dramatic, but it just is like you, you don't you 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 really have to earn that. You have to that's earn. There's no investment worth. in you. That, that you. There's no investment. Yes, correct. And, and we're very important, right? You don't have a scout team. The scout team's not good. They don't go hard enough. It doesn't get the team ready for Saturday. It's like all that is given. But I'm talking individual worth. Yeah. To know for them to know our names, yeah. we have to have done something. And there's a reason why you were chosen. Yeah. That coach wanted someone to bang. And they yeah. wanted to smash them and they wanted. So you are coming. And the fact is, there's a real thing where as a walk on, if you had the ability to defeat the will of a scholarship player. It got you feeling pretty good. That's exactly how I got my name. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's that's so exactly like, how I got my name. And that's yeah. how I got. And that's how I earned my, you know what I mean? That's how I got yeah. mine as well. So it yeah. was, it was that thing where it was have you be in that moment where you see that and it's like you are you essentially are fighting like that human connection yeah. you're like just pushing it down and being like he doesn't want anymore yeah and yet i'm gonna keep i'm gonna continue just to give it as hard yeah. as i can because it's what my job is like it's it's why i'm here yeah. um yeah that's that's no that was hard now i think about it as as, as i get older i think about it all. i think damn yeah. 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 And um again, no mention of that. So we get to just skirt by, right? No mention of Aaron, no mention of some of those pieces. So it's we get to skirt by any conversation of, of head trauma or brain trauma. Yeah, it's it's no mention of that. It's no it's no mention and, and maybe they're gonna have a part a part um a part two of it. They're, they're, You're they're, very you are very kind. You've made some two two kind comments of like Maybe this was edited wrong, and maybe they're gonna do a part two. Maybe they'll do a part two, but there's so many intricacies in sure. the 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 seasons, even that episode 
you know, there's so many things that that they talked about. And now these guys in 06 and 07, they're, they're older and they're looking at hindsight. But you cannot or they could not have expected the 2016 to lead the 2017. Mm-hmm. Right. Because they're young. You, you're, you can't expect, you know, sophomores and red shirt freshmen to lead a team to a national championship. It was just unrealistic without any support, especially without the support of, you know, a diminishing 2005 team and very little folks from 2004. So, so when 2007, 2007, 2006 were the leaders. They were the people, you know, that was up for the Heisman, you know. You you remember, the Heisman could have gone Tebow, or if the school wanted to, they could have added Percy. No one talking about that, too. Um, Percy was just, if not the most, he was the the Tyreek Hill before Tyreek Hill. (laughs) You know, and they never, they they didn't really mention him. I will tell you that Percy doesn't get mentioned, right? Like, Percy, (laughs) his mentioning is very minimal, and I think it is universally believed that Percy, at least what my opinion was now, and I've heard totally un like unprompted by me, and I've heard other folks say the exact same thing, which was Percy was probably the greatest, like one of the greatest athletes we've ever seen. Yeah. Like it's yeah. his it, how important he was to the team was he was he was like vitally, vitally important to the team. That's why it was such a big deal when yeah. his when he's out. And his ankle is sprained and he's not going to play yeah. in the game. Like, it's just like, yeah. this is a problem. Yeah. Like, this and, is and, 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 you know, even, even Percy in 2000 and, and 2008, one thing that they did not mention was, you know, people like Jeff Demps is we sure. won these games because you had people like, um, you had Jeff Demps, you had Percy, you had Rainey, you had uh, Cooper. Um, and you had this freakish speed from 2007, 2006, and the 2008 recruiting class. So not not only did um 2006 and 2007 help you know lead into those big wins in 2008, but um you didn't talk about that 2008 recruiting class either, which they were also good. Yeah, they were also good. Um. I mean, it, it, le- it left a lot out. It, it, it left a lot out, uh, maybe because they only had four episodes. If I was them, I would have done it to eight episodes. I would have <laughs> highlighted, highlighted some of the some of the things that people don't know. They don't understand. They saw a little bit of the Matt Drill, but you don't understand that, you know, we used to wake up every Wednesday morning at 5 o'clock to make it at 5.45. And you, if you were late, mm-hmm. man, believe what happens when you're late. Put on that vest and you're going to work out. Do mm-hmm. 100 pull-ups with a 75-pound vest on. So, I mean, it's a lot of things that they left out. It's a lot of folks that they left out. Not that I don't think it's fair. Um, Chris Leak, they left out. For sure. Yeah, I mean, we 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 talked about that quite a bit. Blaylock and, and I. Newton, they left out. Cam, Cam, and it is 08, right? So, you know, that we were talking about, like, a little bit of we're not quite there in the 08 season when Cam gets kicked off the team. Right, we're not quite yeah, there yet. Yeah. Like, I think it happens after T. You know what I mean? I think he's still on the team at this point of Tebow's promise. I think. You no, know, no, he's on the team. So Cam Cam leaves the team. What, um, two thousand and eight? I believe it is. Well, yeah, we're in 08, right? Like, we're like in 08. December, December two thousand and eight. 
Oh, it was Cam in December. Um, I didn't realize how late it was. They don't talk about Cam. Um, some other things, you know, um, rumor rumor had it that, you know, they were going to move Cam to um, to tight end. Mm. You know, I, I sat in a um, – at one point, I went over to fullback and um, fullbacks and tight ends had a meeting, and I remember Aaron Hernandez saying, you guys are moving Cam to tight end, and, you know, the coach um, – at the time, said, "Oh yeah, we are," and they wanted Cam. I don't know if it was a joke, but um, yeah, they wanted to move Cam tight end. Hmm. So even talking talking about you know not kicking someone off the team, you know Cam purchased from what I heard a stolen laptop. You know I don't know the truth of it, and he wasn't no longer on the team. And to well, this day, he never got a ring either. No, and I heard that I I saw I saw him post about that. He never he never got a ring either. Cam deserves as much credit on that team than a lot of people. Sure. Um, he kept Tim Tebow, to my opinion, he kept Tim Tebow at a higher level because Cam was coming for his throat, and everyone knew it. Tim, if Tim didn't, everyone. I remember Cam throwing the ball and everyone saying, geez, Louise, did you just throw that, you know, 70, 80 yards and yeah. practice? So he kept, but they don't mention him either, but maybe um, another episode. <laughs> another episode. I, lo- I love that. Another episode. <laughs> well, man, Blackett, I really appreciate you coming on, man, and 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 doing this companion episode for this Um it was awesome. It's it's been a great time being able to to sit. You know, it's you and I haven't gotten to even when we played together. I told Blaylock this. I spent a lot of time with Blaylock. You and I, we spent time like practicing, like in the locker yeah. room. But at the end of the day, like we just spoke for almost ninety minutes straight, yeah. looking deep into each other's I mean, yes, cameras, yes, whatever. Like it, it is. But so I, mean, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you for having me. You know, I enjoy everything that you're doing. I do follow you. Um, I enjoy everything you do. Um, I don't post a lot, but 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 I, I look I look I look to you, man. And right. so 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 keep it keep it going. If you need me for anything, you know, um, keep me in the loop. I'm here. I'm glad I was able to, and you were able to provide me with some honest truth of what we experienced. Yeah. Um, what I said to you today, and I hope what you said to me is our experience. It doesn't necessarily have to be the truth, but it's what we experienced at the time that we were there, and no one can take this from us. I mean, if anyone have any questions, um, they can always reach out to Mirror, you know, post it and counter it. But this is my experience. This is my truth. And I hope you, you've given yours. So, yeah, absolutely. And it is. I think it's a good way is, is this is the reason why I wanted to do this podcast just in general as the walk on podcast is because yeah. walk ons have very unique stories to share and stories yeah. to tell. Yeah. College being a college athlete is already unique enough. And being a scholarship athlete is unique in its own right. But I wasn't one, you know, I earned a scholarship. Yeah. You know, ultimately, I got my, my master's degree paid for once I got to that level. But yes. it was, it's, we weren't, rec- you know, we didn't get recruited. Our story, the walk-on story is is unique and um, is demented because there's something wrong with us. Yeah. Because people didn't want us. And yet we like forcefully showed up. And said, yeah. "Hey, we 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 are here, and we're here to be able to play, yeah. and um, and that's why I want I want to be able to highlight those stories." Um, 
can can we have is there anything that we want to highlight for you rod that you that you're working on anything that you're doing that we want to make people aware of or you, you know i i do have a, i do have a business that i that i started i did patent a a, a an idea okay so, um customized decals on your fence like the vinyl um, fencing right the vinyl fencing i remember seeing those so so that is my patent it was an idea um, I have, you know, um, two patents on it where no one can replicate it. Um, I do sell a lot. It's, um, it's mycreativepanels.com. And if you want to, if you have a vinyl privacy fence and you want a customized image, even if it's a gator image on your fence, then they, you can go to mycreativepanels.com and um, I can get it for you. That would be awesome. Yes. We're going to put, I'll put a link to it in the description for this episode as well. Mycreativepanels.com. Um, and that's awesome. And and do we want to follow you anywhere, Ron? Do you want folks to follow you? You know, you know um, the, every, every link is on mycreativepanels.com. Um, and, and feel free to leave a comment, share, 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 share the link. Uh, folks that click on the link, share the link, you know, um, and, and we can go from there. But other than that, two beautiful kids, a beautiful wife. Riley Ryan and Stacy is my wife. You know, um, I'm, I'm a finance guy. I'm in the financial industry, and I'm, I'm enjoying life. And I'm about to watch the Gator game in six minutes. So that's um, it. We're gonna go watch them get after Utah. I love that. <laughs> yep. Go Gators. Go Gators. Well, thanks, Rod. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you for episode four for our final companion episode here on the Walk On Podcast. <laughs>